The information on this podcast is not intended or implied to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. All information contained on or related to this podcast is for general information purposes only. super lucky, Lisa, because we've got Eric back in studio. Thank Eric, you for being back, Eric. Yes, thank you for joining us again. Eric joined us on a previous episode talking about ostomy surgery and his experience. That's right. So we've got him back today just to talk about, you know, everything that he's doing in the community and things that he's noticed because yeah. we really do want uh, to shed light on the amazing things he's bringing for people with IBD, people with ostomy for whatever reason it may be. This is Guts and Glory. Yeah, we have a lot of questions about uh, your website. So just for the record, his website is www.veganostomy.ca. So V-E-G-A-N-O-S-T-O-M-Y.ca. Who should go there? So the website, I actually started the website uh, because I wanted to kind of blog and, and catalog my experience of having an ostomy and living as a vegan. So that was like the, the, the primary purpose, but it, it kind of expanded from there. And it be, now it's more of like an educational website that people can go it's to. It's definitely an educational yeah, website. If they want to learn about um, how to manage their ostomy and, and, and kind of living around that. Uh, so I've got a lot of information there for ostomates. I do also talk a lot about IBD, uh, sharing my experience with IBD, uh, sharing my experience of having perianal disease, which is another component to that. You know, I have a support forum on there for people who want to connect to others, because I know a lot of people are, are, they're kind of lost. You know, they don't have family or friends that can relate to them a lot of the times. They don't, maybe they don't have a local support group they can join. Uh, maybe they don't have a Facebook account that they can, you know, sign up with and, and, and kind of interact that way. So I have a forum there that people can go on, connect with others who either have IBD or have an ostomy. So people posting questions, other people answers, exactly. just chatting about their experiences. Exactly. Yep. So I've got people that, are, that share their story, you know, where, where, how they've gotten to this point. And it's really amazing to hear all the different places that people have been to get to the point that they are now um, with surgery and, and where they're heading. So a lot of people sharing stuff. There's definitely questions and answers that go on there. You know um, what, though? I find, too, sharing my story and, and hearing other people's stories and just connecting with other people who've had similar experiences or completely different experiences is it's it's comforting for me and it gives me um, a sense of positivity and strength that I don't think I really find anywhere else. Like I really do. It's connecting with people. I can talk to my parents who are extremely supportive, of course, and my loved ones, but there's something to be said when you connect with someone, even if you don't know them and they have similar experiences to you. So that's, that's one of my favorite components of your website is that you have this forum where people can talk openly and comfortably or just read and listen rather mm -hmm. than, you know, if you're not comfortable sharing your own, or it's there. Um, you also, you can become a vegan ostomy VIP. Tell us about that. Yeah, so I have a newsletter that uh, I put out uh, every Sunday, uh, or at least try to put out every Sunday unless there's some something huge that's going on between that time. Because you, know, you do I have like a job. To... Yeah, oh, yeah. I this. work full time. Yes. But uh, I, I like to share, um, you know, what's going on with the website. If, if you happen to miss any of the new videos or posts that go up, uh, you know, experiences like this being on the podcast, I like to share that I'm doing stuff like that. 
if I have any kind of speaking engagements that, I, that I'll be at, um, I like to let people know about it. So maybe they could come and meet me yeah, or, or see me, uh, you know, online uh, through a live stream, uh, for example. So there's a I lot of stuff there. I know the Gutsy there. Walk. You'll post a lot of stuff about the Gutsy Walk. And, you know, I I run the Gutsy Walk and I'm the chair of the Gutsy Walk in Durham. And, you know, this is that's how I met Eric. I met mm -hmm. Eric at a chapter meeting and he's always at our Gutsy Walks. And he, it's, he's just, it's really great. His website's really great. You also, he also has an Instagram <laughs> Instagram page. So those of you who are, are you, are you a grammar? What is it if you're an Instagram? What's the term? No, I don't just know. an Instagrammer. Yeah, I, I just, I guess. So on just Instagram, it's vegan underscore ostomy. So follow him there. You've got a YouTube channel, which I tried to count the videos, but then the page kept going. Like every time yeah. I scrolled, the, <laughs> just more came. Like I thought I came to the end and then you would scroll and then more would show. Like it would load more. Uh, lots of videos. Yeah. There's like over a hundred videos. Yeah. I was going to say there's over a hundred. So your YouTube channel um, is vegan ostomy as well. So you could uh, subscribe to the YouTube mm -hmm. channel, um, Facebook page. Vegan Austin, you know, what happens on your Facebook page? Is that is it similar to what's happening on your website? So the Facebook page, um, I try to let people know who are following, like when I do have new articles, anything like that. If there's something that really catches my eye. You'll like, post it. Yeah, like if there's some kind of like new discovery in the IBD world um, that I find interesting, you know, new med or right. uh, even something to do in the ostomy world, I'll post it there. And I'll, you know, I like to ask people what they think about it because sometimes there's a lot of opinions and I think it's good to, to talk about those things and share our experiences and, and opinions about them. But your website um, is definitely the hub of everything. Yeah, that's that's definitely going to be the and hub. And there's newsletters, they use it, you've got an about me page, you have a contact me section, which I think is fantastic. And then just looking at your website now, just having, you have a drop down of ostomy, which is like ostomy 101, ostomy supplies, ostomy care, ostomy life. You've got drop downs about diet, um, IBD, you have extra stuff about like announcements, product reviews, which is I think, of course there's the forum section, but product reviews. Eric does a really great job at talking about the different products that are available on the market for people, for ostomates. Um, you know, I've watched videos of you talking about seatbelt appliances, swimming appliances, um, different types of products to be using like adhesives, powders and glues and creams and all of these things. So. Um, it's really fantastic and it's the, my favorite part is that it's honest. It really is. It's honest. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. That, so that's, that's something that I, <laughs> I like to promote the fact that I'm not, uh, sponsored by any companies or anything like that. The content that's on the website is your personal is purely, th yeah, purely through my own experiences. Um, you know, you, there's no advertisements. So, you know, I try to be as unbiased as possible when it comes to creating the content. You know, I, I there would be no point of me creating a product review if it was sponsored by the company right. that I'm reviewing and the product And it wouldn't be for, no right? point of you doing a product review if it wasn't honest either. Like your right. experience with a product, a medication, we talk about medications here, doesn't mean that's how it is for everybody. Yeah. But you're just leaving your honest review. Right. And, and I think a lot of the time it's not even to say, you know, this is a product you should try, this is a product you shouldn't try. A lot of the times it's just knowing about the product that people want to know about. Like you because were, I did not know. I didn't even think about it. When I think about it now, oh yes, like a seatbelt, you know, I yeah. where, where an ostomy bag, Ileana, whatever, wherever your appliance could be, your bag could be, I never even thought about wearing a seatbelt and how that could be a nuisance or an issue. And then, you know, I'm watching- Or a mess. Or a mess yeah. and then talking to, you know, listening to Eric's videos about this, there's a, there's a product for that. Like, you have this problem, there's a product for that. That was, it's, 
it's a it's an educational device. Yeah, for sure. I, like when people are looking at supplies, and when I when I say supplies, I mean things like the ostomy bag, things like the adhesives. Mm -hmm. You know, those are those are the products that you're going to use to manage your appliance. Those are like the all the, the, time. the daily things. Now you may not need all of those. Right, there, there's probably a dozen different types right. of ostomy supplies. Not everybody needs those, right? But at least to know about them is a good thing because sometimes, and I've run into nurses who aren't stoma nurses, but they, they've cared for stoma patients, mm -hmm. where they're not even aware of certain products that might very well help a patient, right? So as an example, mm -hmm. uh, a gelling product. A gelling product is something that you would actually put inside of the ostomy bag, and they usually come in these little sachets. Sometimes they look like little tablets or you pills. You just let it Yeah, what happens, it. Well, what happens is when you have a, a liquid or a loose output, it jellifies that output and it becomes thicker. Oh. So that really helps to manage your appliance if you're prone to leaks or you don't like the sloshing around that liquid output would have. So that's a really good product to know about. But not many people know about it. Right. Wow. Something I've learned through like just following you on all of your, uh, you know, your website and your social media accounts and things was that there's so much out there. Yeah. So I could totally understand even a stoma nurse not knowing what's out there because there's so much. Yeah. And you've mentioned, you know, the technology, it's evolving so quickly. There's new things coming all the time. That's right. Yeah. And then, then there's accessories and the accessories are the fun stuff that I like to review. So those would be uh, products that would improve your quality of life, but they're not necessarily required. Yeah, so, I'm on your website right now. I love the Ostomy Accessory Guide shower covers. Yes, yes. That's so th fascinating. That, that guide is still, um, I still haven't finished that guide. It's still uh, ongoing. Mm -hmm. I've got more videos coming up for that too. But those are the products that um, will help to enhance your experience. But so, even, yeah. like, is, I don't know, is it a wrap? or Yeah, like it's a wrap. A, I'm like, looking at Ostomy Accessory Guide, Ostomy Wraps. Yeah, for even for even for clothing. Like, I have a, a female friend, and she has she has an ostomy, and she she wears, it's like a band almost. I don't know how to describe yes. it. Is it a band? I yes. guess it's a band that she wears around, and it, and it just allows her to more wear more comfortable, form-fitting female clothing that she likes to wear. Um, and you don't even, like, you don't even know what's there. You have yeah. no idea. Yeah, so there's a lot of products like that. And, you know, unfortunately, a lot of them you have to buy out of pocket, yeah, right? Of Insurance won't cover most accessories. They'll cover supplies, but they won't cover accessories. So, you know, just being able to review them and showing people. Yeah. This is how it works. This is the, the, the material, you know, how the material right. feels. Before I, you do purchase it with your own money. Yeah. It can, am I sweaty in it? Is it hot to, you know, is it hot to wear? Is it comfortable? Does it create other problems? Because sometimes you say, wow, that looks like a really good product. But then in practice, it's like, well, yeah, it, it, unless you're bending, unless you're, <laughs> you're, you're active, then it's not necessarily a good thing. So right. people should know about those features yeah. because a lot of the times when you're just on the manufacturer's website, they're not going to be that forthcoming, right? right? And, right. And, and you know, everybody has their own experience and I like to share mine. I love your slogan on your vegan ostomy by helping to create happy ostomates. Yes. I love that. Yeah, that's great. So to our listeners, definitely check out uh, veganostomy.ca. Uh, you don't have to be an ostomate to go to this website. You don't even need to have IBD to go to this website. Nor do you need to be a vegan. No, nor do you no. need to be a vegan. <laughs> you can just check it out. There's some great uh, information for you there. Absolutely. Um, now, speaking of vegan, 
Eric. What does that mean? Yeah, so for people who don't know, and there are people who don't know, mm -hmm. uh, a vegan is someone who doesn't eat animal products, doesn't wear animal products, doesn't, um, for example, I don't you know, go to the circus or anything like that. Mm -hmm. uh, I exclude as much as possible the use of animals. So you don't have milk or cheese? No, well, no, I have it's milk, it's just non-dairy milk. Almond milk right? or coconut milk. Or I, I don't milk. have cheese, I don't have dairy cheese, I have non-dairy cheese, right? So there are products that I can, I, I can still get. Shoes, right? It's not, you don't have to have leather shoes. There are right. faux leather shoes, right? right? So there are things like that right. uh, that I substitute. But yeah, I try as much as I can to avoid using products made from animals. Now, was yeah. that choice made because you were suffering physically or had you, were you a vegan prior to? So I. You don't want people to think that you must be vegan to have to be an osteopath. No, no, you, you don't have to go vegan to to when you have IBD or anything like that. I have my own thoughts on that because I know that that's you know a lot of people try to go into diets, special diets when they have IBD, and that's that's a that's a different topic. But um, no, I, I went vegan like 18 years ago. Okay. Oh, long well, before yeah, IBD. Well before I was diagnosed. Oh. Uh, and at the time, it wasn't a, it wasn't for health. I couldn't care less. It was I was a personal. You know, if I was 20 choice. and I and whatever, I was invincible. I was never never gonna get sick, <laughs> and I could do whatever I want. Never gain weight, all that stuff, right? Um, so it was it had nothing to do with with health. I probably couldn't care less about the environment at that point in time. You know what I mean? Like it, it just yeah, that wasn't a motivator. Yeah, you other things. That you're... wasn't a motivator. Sure. For me. Yeah. Um, but we had dogs at the time. We were living with dogs, and we ended up losing two dogs. When I say we, I mean my wife and I were living with dogs, and we ended up losing two of them very close to one another uh, from cancer. Mm. And that really um, shifted our perspective a lot because we, we were thinking, look, we put so much love into these animals and for us to eat another animal that essentially has very similar personalities, same wants, same needs. Well, the needs. thing is that cancer doesn't just affect humans. And, like and, yeah, and for us to be animal. loving the dogs yeah. just because they were our dogs in our house and then you know, going off and eating pigs, it, that didn't make sense to me. So this is more of like an ethical choice for you. So that, for us, it was, yeah, like and I, your I wife couldn't do that. is a vegan as, all, as well? Yeah, my wife and kids. Mm -hmm. uh, so so that, was, that was what started it for us. And like, I went vegan overnight. Once I, once I came <laughs> to that realization, I just couldn't do it. I couldn't eat animals anymore. It just was totally off-putting to me. Um, now at the time, and we're talking back in 2000, you know, we didn't have high-speed internet. We didn't have YouTube. We didn't have many of the social media. The documentaries, media. the Netflix. Right, we didn't have anything like that. So they, there were a few websites out there, a handful of websites. Uh, PETA was around back then. Uh, there were a couple more, but they had very basic information. So right? it wasn't like you were making this choice because you were being inundated on social media and things with all of these No, no I, didn't, I didn't see it on this you know, Dr. Oz personal... and think like, wow, let's go vegan. It was nothing like that. It was a very that. personal, private choice. It was one of those things, yeah. It was yeah. like an ethical reason. Did you find that being a vegan was, did it, was it harder? Because uh, I would assume, I don't know, part of my ignorance, but I would assume vegan makes your food choices a little bit more difficult in terms of maybe eating out or those types of, or going to social events with your friends. So did you find having IBD pre and post surgery and being a vegan difficult? Yeah, so, so but yeah, my life before my diagnosis was very different from my life after. Mm -hmm. So my life after I would say was more restricted by my illness than anything else. Of course. Else. Uh, but before that, you know, we didn't have 30 different types of non-dairy milks, you know, at our local grocery store. There might've been one soy milk. Right. And you know, now that was almond it. And you, you, you probably and rice. had a choice between <laughs> un, unsweetened and sweetened. 
And that was it. And now there's flavors. And now chocolate. you yeah. can get, I mean, milk's yeah. made out of anything, really. Right. Yeah. Um, and then they come in like their own flavors and brand. I mean, there's just so many options now. Um, yeah, I'm you know, not a vegan, but frequently I just buy a different kind of milk. Oh, yeah. I mean, people, mm -hmm. people, to, you know, people drink that all the time. Yeah. Right? The difference between vegetarian and vegan. So vegeta a vegetarian will. A vegetarian will usually still have dairy. Cheese. Yeah, the dairy um, part. Some of them will still have eggs, you know, right. but, but it's usually the dairy part. But yeah, it was, I mean, there were no cookbooks, so to speak. There were no celebrities, you know, vegan celebrities back then. It was really nothing. So we had very small, like, online support groups that you would kind of type away on. You, nobody could post a picture because we were still using, like... Figuring out... <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Was this dial-up like, modem or was whatever. Was this, like, oh figuring God. out, like, recipes and stuff, too? Like, oh, where to go, oh, yeah, I mean, like, to shop? Yeah, it was, it was exactly like that. It was, you know, the um, grocery store didn't have really anything. You'd have to go out of your way to find yeah. tofu. Right. It was like that, right? right? Faux meat, mock meats, they didn't really exist back then. Yeah. Uh, so things were a lot more challenging. Uh, going vegan now, it's totally different because we have restaurants everywhere that are 100% vegan or very vegan friendly. I noticed you just found one in Durham. You posted up in it. Uh, Brooklyn. Yeah, actually, you just noticed North, it was North a vegan. Whitby. I saw he posted on his social media. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, so I know IBD often it restricts my diet. You know when I'm flaring and things like that. So did you feel like your Crohn's restricted your diet even further or being a vegan had already cut out of all the things that you were trying to restrict? Yeah, so when, peop when people think of restrictions, um, they or think- Or food intolerance. Yeah, so, th so they think, okay, I'm not gonna have hamburgers made out of beef, therefore I'm not gonna have hamburgers. But it's not like that, right? There's other options. I I I'm not having hot dogs, so you know, ha hot dogs are made of whatever pork or whatever you, you have, so therefore I can't have hot dogs. But it's not like that, mm -hmm. right? I, I can have ice cream if I want ice cream. It's just non-dairy ice cream, but mm -hmm. it tastes just like ice cream, mm -hmm. arguably better. Uh, I can still have burgers, and I now I, I make a lot of bean burgers at home. That's I my preference. I, I enjoy that now. Yeah. Um, but you can have patties that are made of like um, vegetable proteins that resemble meat, and there are actually a few brands out there that are so convincing yeah. that you can have chefs taste yeah. test the food and they will think they're eating meat. Vegan so, cooking has come a long way. It's unbelievable. Way. Now, do you it's feel really it's amazing. more expensive? Uh, okay, so. Essentially eating healthy is more expensive, let's be honest. Right, so yeah, there's two yeah. parts to that, yeah. right? If you're someone who's eating a lot of produce, that's going to, in and of itself, be expensive. But you yeah. know what? Everybody has to eat produce yeah. to be yeah. healthy. And if you, the, the, the trade-off <laughs> yeah. would be that if you're eating the more produce, you are picking up health points so probably visiting the doctor, maybe just a little bit less. Yeah, maybe just some people find that. Yeah, issues, just a little bit less. So yep. now, see, but with my IBD, I notice like when I'm flaring, for example, the fruits and vegetables are like as much as I love them, I have a hard time with them. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, the fruits that have the too much natural sugars or just raw fruits and vegetables, they're really hard to break down. The leafy lettuces and stuff, they get stuck in my swollen intestines. So. Uh, being vegan and having fr fruits and vegetables or beans and seeds and nuts and legumes and all of these things as a major part, did you struggle at all or no? Well, I mean, I when I was really sick, I struggled with water. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, everything hurt yeah. to have. But yeah, so let's let's get back to the restrictions, right? I don't feel in any way that I'm that I'm restricting. Right. My I can eat stir fries. They just don't have meat. They'll have a substitute for meat. So before your surgery, right? you didn't feel that your Crohn's was necessarily kicked up by food. 
Because like I'll know that a food white, I'm more stressed. Stress makes me flare yeah. more than anything. But when I'm flaring, there are f certain foods I know I need to avoid. Right. So when I when I was diagnosed, right away I went on online, started typing away. Okay, what can I do for myself? Right. What can I do? Right. Uh, and then, then you start reading about, you know, go on these like all fruit diets, oh, go yes. on these. Yeah. So it was kind of like, well, you know what? I'm already vegan, but I was like a junk food vegan back then. <laughs> Before I was diagnosed, I, don't even know what that I means. was a junk food <laughs> vegan. So <laughs> beers every day, Coca-Cola every day or pop, whatever, whatever soft drink was I was having, chips every day, just not eating well. Oh, okay. I, I, you know, and, you automatically just assume. Get, just being full. Right, just filling just your stomach. whatever. But when you, you know, know? When I hear vegan, I think, oh my goodness, like they must be so healthy. Right. So yeah, and that, and, that, and people get that misconception, right? Yeah. Like Oreos. The big thing is Oreos are vegan. Oh. But Oreos are <laughs> necessarily yeah. healthy, right? So you you could be vegan and not care at all about your health and and eat in a way that anybody would consider yeah. unhealthy. Yeah. See, my own stereotypes are being smashed right so, now. So, you know, but you're still quote unquote vegan, That's right? right? So I like to myself eat a whole food plant-based diet. Oh. So whether or not it's vegan, yeah, that, that's important to me, but it has to be healthier, mm -hmm. you know? So like we, we were joking about chips uh, in the other episode. I very rarely have chips now, very rarely. Whereas before, if I didn't have a bag of chips a day, <laughs> there was a problem. <laughs> now, where, where, do we, where, where do the chips go, right? So yeah, there was, there, was a big per there was a big shift in how I was eating. Now, when I was diagnosed in the beginning, I was still able to eat. Uh, the, my symptoms weren't focused on the gut. Right. They became worse, right. but I was still able to eat. But you know, they would still be the same foods that I would normally be choosing. So a lot of potatoes, uh, pastas were fine, um, things like that. You know, when it came to fruit and vegetables, there would be a lot of smoothies. Mm. You know, blended soups, juicers, that kind of stuff. That, yeah. I got into juicing, absolutely. So there were there were ways around not being able to eat raw fruits and vegetables, right? Um, I got into you know eating a lot of bananas at a time, mm -hmm. stuff like that, right? So easier to digest foods, no problem. But then I started to get sick, unable to tolerate really anything. So then it became like, okay, what's the minimum that I can <laughs> eat just to get calories in? So it was like rice, just rice yeah. for weeks on end. Oh my gosh, right? and even that so was much hard. rice. Rice and soup, rice and soup, rice and soup, and eggs. But I wouldn't be able to have eggs if I was vegan. Yeah. But right. rice and, even and that soup was hard. and potatoes, just mash it up and eat it. I want to shift topics a little bit now because I know you talk about a stigma that uh, men who are ostomates uh, or just are, men with disease, men with IBD. Yeah. Can you can you talk a little bit about what you have experienced? Yeah. So being someone who has a website, has a lot of social media, who has a YouTube channel, uh, I'm really big into the analytics, looking into who's visiting the website. Looking at the forums, who's talking, what are the questions being asked. Right. I get a lot of emails. Absolutely. I get a lot of emails coming in. I got a lot of people on the forums commenting. I got a lot of people commenting to posts on social media. And a vast majority are women. Now I don't I don't think there's anything wrong with women getting involved. That's fantastic. But, but where, where the hell are the, the men? men? Yeah. yeah, because you know what? Statistically, in Canada, so every one in, every one out of 150 people have IBD, and the percentage of men versus women is something like 
50.5 and 51. Like it's it's basically it's, a 50-50 yeah. split male Whoa, and female. And it's the same with ostomies, right? Yeah. It's about 50-50 Because there less. are some diseases that will target one gender more than another for whatever scientific reason it is, but not with IBD. Right. If I had a prostate cancer website, then I would expect men to be visiting the website, and that's right. it. But that's not. But you don't. That's you not the case IBD because I, I should have a 50-50 split or notice a 50-50 split. Now, and what's interesting not. is, when I look at the social media or the websites uh, like YouTube and look at the the analytics for that, like the subscribers, I get a lot of 50-50s. And Ooh. then I'm thinking to myself, well, so, why so wait, this is, is that? YouTube and my like when I look at my YouTube channel and see who's visiting the channel, who's looking at the videos. Because no, they're not talking there. Because they watching. can be more anonymous. I see. And they don't have to participate. How they interesting can just is watch. this? This is so interesting Well, it's interesting, but I would say it's not super Predi surprising. Like, yeah, right. I would say that too, which is awful. And then I see Facebook, which is probably the most public, right? You have to use your real yeah, name. You have right. to be kind of out yeah. there. And that's where I get very low number of males engaging with the site. So. Uh, the split is something like 70-30 uh, in favor of females. And you know that they're, and you I, know I, that men are involved because you see them on YouTube. You, you know that. Oh, I know they're there. Right. I know they're there. I know 50% of men. Are there. Uh, yeah, out of the people who have IBD, 50% are, are males. I know that 50% who have an ostomy are males. So yeah. where do they go? When I get emails, they're usually from women on behalf of their husband, uh, on behalf of, of their, their boyfriend. And that's of kind of the pattern that I see. Now, I notice on my forum, I do have a lot of males on the forum. And some of them will use their Chatting first name Chatting on the there. forum? Yes, some of okay. them will use, And they're very open about it and they but share their no, experience. But there's no, you can pick a name for that? You can pick your own name. There's your, no a, pictures, your, there's no profiles associated You can set up whatever you want for your profile or picture. Mm -hmm. So it's not as uh, open as something like a Facebook would be. So I think they feel more comfortable doing that. But I thought that that was really interesting. But even if you look at the advocates out there, anyone who's advocating for IBD or ostomies, the vast majority are women. I, I like to think that it's a contingent of moms, that it's the, all the women that are reaching you are moms. <laughs> and that's probably not true. I just, uh, I remember the experience in my household of discovering Crohn's, dealing with what are we gonna do next? And it was also centered on my mom taking control yeah. for me, getting the answers, being my advocate for a long time. We spoke to a mom uh, recently yep. on the podcast and she was the, the hub, you know, she was the center of activity. She has t boys who both have uh, Crohn's, both discovered you know, them. Sherry. Yeah. And uh, it, it's it just, she seems to be the one tasked with getting the answers. Well, here, here's another statistic that I found interesting. When I was at the WCET conference, uh, I was actually invited to speak there as a patient. And this is actually conference for like stoma nurses, which right. is really cool. That's awesome. Uh, there was somebody presenting there who had, who had been talking about complications related to ostomy surgery. And a huge number, disproportionate number of males have more complications than females. And that was the first time I, re I started to make that connection. Is it the stubbornness are the, going? Are the men just so stubborn that they don't want to talk to their doctor they, and they wait and they prolong these things where something that's really minor and that can be fixed, you know? Grows to they something just, serious. Yeah, they just let it go. And then all of a sudden it's like, yeah, now it's a major complication, right? So that's that kind of, I was started to connect the dots there thinking, you know what? I can Th totally they're see They're there, that. but why are they not coming forward? Why are they not asking for help? Why are they not being, um, uh, more of a participant in this whole thing, 
right? Listen, so when you when you mentioned that to us, I was so interested in that because yeah. you know, being a female, I'm only seeing my female perspective. But it's interesting because even as a teacher of kids who are 12 and 13, 12, 13, 14 are my students. I notice, I feel like that's the age it starts. I feel like in elementary school, like younger children, boy, girl, when they're hurt, they're hurt. That's it. But, you know, maybe it's, it's, maybe it's the world we live in. It's our media. It's, it's the way that it is. It's this males need to be strong and they're not allowed to be upset when they're yep. sick and they're not allowed to be hurt. Definitely. And the tears and the emotion is associated with women and don't be a baby. Don't be girl it. Like, don't yep. be a girl. Suck it know, up. Suck it up. That kind of stuff. And, and I, I see it starting at the seven and eight. It's not full. It's not in grade seven and eight. It's not full on at that point. But I definitely start to see it. And it's the pressure that's put on these young people. Like females, the girls have this pressure of the way that they're supposed to look and, you know, what's beautiful and what's not. And I feel like males have that same Look, boys have that same pressure on them in terms of what's socially acceptable, what their body should look like, but more importantly, how they should be acting and feeling in certain situations. Like, look at the NyQuil commercials of, like, you know, the guy curled up in the bed saying that he wants the phone to call his mom. Like, yeah. it's so realistic. Why don't we do this more often? Women and men all want their mom when they don't feel well. Like, you know, why is... We poke fun at it, though. We poke fun at the weaker male figure. Yes. Now, what I find what I find even more interesting is that I know that men can be really great advocates because I see it in other illnesses where right. there's a, a let's say a larger percentage of of male activists or advocates in there. And you know, when I was in um, a patient event earlier this year. I had the privilege of being around people who have all kinds of diseases, all kinds of illnesses, and they were advocates for those illnesses. And we had people there who suffered from mental illness or were advocating for someone with mental illness. We had the HIV AIDS people there. We had IBD people there. We had cancer people there. I mean, we just tried to cover everybody. And there were a lot of male advocates there. So I know they're there and I know they have a like voice, they're but there why is it so disproportionate? They've got to the extreme and then it was like they've had this kick like I need to start advocating. I don't know what it is and I wish I knew that secret because I think there's a point where you just have to get over the embarrassment of whatever it is that you the have. The stigma of associating with whatever it is. And IBD is an embarrassing disease for a lot of people. stigma. Right. So just to get into sexuality and uh, an ostomy, what is life like? Like, what is you? What's your sex life like? Yeah. You know? So that's that's a huge concern uh, for for both men and women. Of course, and men I probably feel, don't want to talk about it. I feel women speak about it more often than men do. Yes, I, th I don't think men. <laughs> I think men have that concern. They 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 go through the same thing, but they don't want to talk about right. it. Right. Men don't want to talk about sexual problems. Anyway. Period. Yeah. They don't want to yeah. talk about having surgery. They don't want to talk about having IBD. Now you put all that together. They definitely don't want to talk about going to the bathroom. And you get very few people talking about <laughs> yeah. it, very few men talking about it. So this was something, and I, and I had very recently covered the topic of our, around sex with an ostomy, mm -hmm. um, because it is something that needs to be discussed. Of course. And I think for the most part, there's no issue if you don't have an issue with yourself. Right. So the biggest problems that I find is that people are so self-conscious, but they take that to an extreme uh -huh. where they make their partners uncomfortable right. mm. and, and they don't want to do anything so do because they don't know. So do you think it's very similar to having another self 
being self-conscious about other issues that someone might have. They might have, um, you know, scarring, or they might not yes. be comfortable with how much like, their their weight, or they might not be cover comfortable with, you know, some like a, a skin deformation yeah. of some kind. Like, yes. do you feel like it's similar in that realm? So, I, yeah, I think a big part of that has to do with not being confident enough with their appliance, with their system, knowing that it's not going to fail them. Right? Some people get the impression like, you know, once there's movement and friction, boom, bag's going to pop off. Right. right. It's not like that. You know, right. I've been on roller coasters. The bag doesn't come off. Believe me. Right? Um, you know, I've gone zip lining and, and, you know, gone on rides where, you know, you'd expect things. It's not going to happen. So once people are more comfortable, I think, with, with their appliance, then things get easier. But they have to be confident at the same time. They have to know that, you know, things aren't going to just yeah. happen like that. I feel that. like that can only come with, like, just being open enough to just try. Like, the experimental yes. process yeah. of... And obviously, like having sex for most people, I would assume is a very intimate thing that you share with somebody. You know, some we have our moments, I'm sure, in our lifetime where it's just woo, just like free. <laughs> but you, when you get to that point where you build a bond with somebody that you're comfortable enough to have sex with them, that you need to talk about these things. You need to talk about your insecurities, uh, and you need yeah. to experiment. But like, you just need to. And that's got to be a big part of it, right? Is just talking about your concern with yeah. your partner, right? Letting them know, I know you're thinking about this. I'm thinking about this too. Let's get it all out there. Yeah. So yeah. there's 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 going to be a few common concerns, right? Of course. Am I going to have a leak? That's a, that's a, that's probably the biggest concern. And as the person without an ostomy, like, you know, do I have to avoid it? Like, make sure I don't touch it. Like, do I have like? Right. There's right. got to be. Can can two bodies rub against each other? Yeah, will it and, hurt? And will like, there if be a I touch there? you, am I going to hurt am you? Am I going to hurt the stoma? That's yeah. that's that's a very yeah. common question. Am I going to hurt the stoma? Yeah. So there's a lot of apprehension there when those questions are unanswered because uh -huh. yeah. you just don't know what's yeah. going to happen. Yeah. So there's that component, right? There's also component whether or not there's going to be any pain, and mm -hmm. I know for someone who has had their rectum removed or, mm -hmm. or have had major abdominal surgery, both men and women, there may be some pain involved with that. There mm -hmm. may be something else medically that needs to be addressed. So, right. you know, you have to you have to be open about that. A discussion with your doctor is probably going to be the first a very good start. idea, yeah. <laughs> especially as a couple. You go in, get rid of any of those medical concerns. No, you're not going to hurt me. No, you're not going to hurt your partner. You know what I mean? Yeah. Have that dialogue because once I think that's out of the way, then it just becomes, you know, a, a time and a place. Now, speaking yeah. of loved ones, do you have any advice that you would give to a loved one? It can be a partner, a parent, a sibling, you know, a coworker. Any advice that you would give to somebody um, who has someone in their life who's an ostomate, who's been an ostomate for years, who's about to be an ostomate, who's just become an ostomate? What, do you have any general advice? Yeah, I, you know, I honestly, I think for the for the most part, um, you just go on about it like. Like it's there's nothing, life. yeah, like there's nothing to it, right? Imagine they just got a pair of glasses. Right. right? You're not going to go on and on about, wow, the pair of glasses, are you sure you're, you know, do you need to adjust it? Do you need to, you <laughs> don't have to worry about those things. Is it poking things. at the back of, of your glasses. ears? You don't have Where to worry about those things. Do you think it's okay for people who are not an ostomy to ask questions to somebody with an ostomy? Because I'm one of those people, you, like, I will tell you I have IBD for the sole purpose that I want you to ask yeah, me questions there, about There it. are two very different people. There are people that are very open about it. Clearly They'll that's wear you. their appliance out <laughs> in the open. Open, you know, right. bathing suit, no problem. And then there are others who don't want anyone to know. They don't want their family to know. They don't want their coworkers to know. They don't want their friends to know. And you know and what? I think either of those people is okay. Yeah. I think That's it's okay. I think, so. I think either of those are. are okay. Just as long yeah. as it's healthy. But, yeah. But I think if you're so much in the dark and, and wanting to keep things a secret, 
to the point where it's isolating this you. This has got to be an emotional and a mental stress. Yeah. If it begins to isolate you or change your behavior where you don't want to go out because there might be a chance somebody might see your appliance or... Then you're you know not what living I mean? your life. Yeah, if it's going to affect your quality of life in that way, I would say you have to change your behavior. You have to change your mindset. And you know what? Because this that's is not going to do you any good. Yeah. This, is, you know? this is our society as well, and that's the issue with IBD. And my um, GI doctor mentioned this to me on Monday when I was there with him. He said to me, it was amazing actually what he said to me. He said, you know, you're a teacher. And he's like, isn't it crazy that they always do these fundraisers for MS and these fundraisers for all these things? And he's like, no disrespect to any of these diseases. But the numbers of people, like the, the percentage of people with MS versus IBD mm -hmm. in this country is like night and day. We, ha we have IBD, we have a disease that is, it's a Canada's disease. It's so, and we're not talking about it because of yeah. what it's associated with. That's exactly the reason why. And I feel like that's part of the reason why we have that half, that group of people who don't want anybody to know about it because of the embarrassment, essentially. Yeah, yeah that's a and big the part fear. of it. That's a big, I mean, even for, cancers, which, you know, everybody knows somebody who has cancer or has been through it themselves. Or, you know what I mean? It's so, uh, it, it's so it's out there. But even with the male cancers, my God, why do we have to have these campaigns to kind of rally men to go and get colonoscopies? We yeah. It just, should we not talking, be like yeah. that. We shouldn't, yeah. <laughs> you know, or a yeah. prostate exam. It should not be Testicular like, this exams, is going to potentially save your life yeah. or prevent you from years of heartache, you yeah. and your family. So it's kind of like, why, why is society at that point? You know, we, we shouldn't be there. So for me to advocate for ostomates, especially men, being a guy, I want men to feel comfortable with the fact that you can talk about it. It's Absolutely. Not, you know, it's not a big deal. I feel more embarrassed to have glasses on. I don't have my glasses on right now. <laughs> But I feel more embarrassed to, to have feel my more glasses on because I feel glass. uncomfortable about yeah. it. It annoys me. I don't, <laughs> don't want to wear it. But with my appliance, I'm fine with it. Yeah. You know? But you've gotten to that point. And, you know, I, I've said on other episodes as well, like when I was first diagnosed with IBD, I did not talk about this. When I, think, oh, when I first was diagnosed, I had no idea what IBD was. I was like, what the hell is this? Yeah. You know, I Googled that I was dying, of course. Um, and then when I figured out what it was and that it was permanent and that it was chronic and there was no cure and that these were all the symptoms, that I then I was like, mouth closed, there's nothing wrong with me, I'm fine, I'm not feeling well today, whatever, I've caught a bug. And then it, it really, I really had to hit like a rock bottom. And then once I hit that rock bottom, there was nowhere else to go but up. And now, like I said, I will purposely tell you I have Crohn's yeah. ulcerative colitis so you can ask me questions so that I can educate you. Yeah. Because the world needs to know. Yeah, and and, and that's for my health, and then to break the stigma, break down those walls, so that everyone else can be more comfortable. Whether you have IBD or not, we need to be comfortable talking about this. Absolutely. Right. And, and I think that's part of the problem with why you know we're not getting those big funds like like the cancers. Because nobody heart wants to talk about it. Because yeah, I mean it's it's almost like we're keeping it a secret. Yeah. I know. Don't keep it a secret. No. You know, th this is a very serious illness that I don't think people understand when you say, oh, it's a bowel disease. Oh, what does that mean? You have like a stomach ache once in a while. You, you know, you, oh, you go to the yeah. bathroom more you often. Go to the bathroom a lot? It is not yeah, just like that, that. <laughs> you know, it, it is, it, it can get to a point where it's so severe that you're in jeopardy of losing your life. And people this is do. a very serious illness, yeah. guys. You Unfortunately, know? Um, a couple of weeks ago, a friend of mine posted um, a wonderful um, 
paragraph and two, or two about a, a person that was very dear to their heart who unfortunately has passed away. Um, I didn't know this gentleman personally, but um, after reaching out to my friend just to, you know, to send my condolences and my strength and, you know, my positive thoughts towards him, it turns out that he had, he had died because of complications of IBD. And like with all of the groups that I follow yeah. and that I pay attention to, it sounds so awful, but it's like a weekly occurrence that somebody, there's a eulogy of somebody going yeah. up, you know? Well, this is a good reminder, I think. Well, I think this is why we do this show. people listening. And we know that there are lots of men listening. We know you're downloading the episode. You find your advocacy groups. You find the people who are your community who have shared experiences and can help you. You find Eric's website, veganostomy.ca. You seem like somebody who answers, probably answers the questions you get online too, right? So if you want to you want to reach out, you can get an answer from Eric. And, and we so appreciate you coming and And for our listeners, know that embarrassing moments today. will happen. Yeah, they oh will. Oh my goodness, with IBD, embarrassed moments happen it's all the time. Life. Oh yeah. So it's let's end. Eric, have you ever had an embarrassing moment? Tell us the short story of one of your embarrassing moments <laughs> to end it so that people can leave feeling, leave this episode feeling, oh yeah, okay. A little superior. Yeah, Embar okay. Embarrassing moments. Okay. So so yeah, before when I had my colon intact, I would have to say embarrassing moments are, are always the really loud stomach grumbles and you know <laughs> that sort of thing. And even now with not a making stoma, it to the bathroom, having your stoma quote unquote fart. Uh, what is it called? Can when be really embarrassing. Does, well, does your stoma fart? I would assume it, it's it, called farting. It does. Is it not? And there's no you can't. Pinch that one off. You don't know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness, I never even that. thought about yeah. that one. So that oh, can be embarrassing. Shoot. And a lot of people have that concern. And you know what? It tends to happen at the at the quietest time. Does it sound the same as a it, normal it fart? It does, and you can't excuse it because it's kind of like, well. So no one's gonna know if you have an ostomy or not, no one's gonna know that you have one based on your farting sound because it sounds the same. It's just coming from somewhere else. Exactly. So that you know, that's embarrassing, but you know, you just you get over it. You yeah. laugh, you I, laugh. I if you can like, laugh about it, then it, it's it's just cool. I feel like you have to deal with farting the same way my grade seven and eight students do. Like they do not, I'm shocked how much they don't care. Like I actually say part of like semi rule I say at the beginning of the year is like, I understand that bodily things need to happen in here, bur burping and farting and stuff. But you know, just try not to be allowing this to happen all the time. Like we don't have a window that opens in here, boys and girls. So we just need to be a little bit just ask go to the bathroom. Just respect the nose. Yeah, and, and, and that's, the, that's the, the saving it. grace is that there's no odor. They hold it on the plastic Well, they're grade seven it, and no, eight. But they do it to make it louder. Oh, louder. On oh, purpose. <laughs> like, they don't try to hold it in. Oh, it's shocking to me. I'm like, when I was in grade seven and eight, I was not funny. Yeah, it's sort of funny <laughs> that I find that the majority of that behavior comes from boys. Yet, here we have them as adults not asking questions. But you know, the best part is with an ostomy, there's no smell. No, that's true. Yeah. It's not an SBD. It's just a noise. It's just a, yeah. I feel like you could chalk it up to anything. Damn ducks, my grandfather always says. When he I stepped on a duck. Yeah. Damn ducks. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. Thank for you coming. again for thank being with us, Eric. So we always fun. we had a nice out, and then we yes. just went for. Please for check fart out talk. Eric's website, veganostomy.ca. Uh, you can check us out on Facebook as well, Guts and Glory. That's right. Of course, um, look for our Facebook page for updates and some pictures from today. Uh, you can download our episodes on iTunes. Um, thank you guys for listening. We love you. Will you come back again, Eric? Oh, absolutely. Oh, we're having Amazing. Eric back. Okay. So post your your uh, if you have any 
questions you yes. want us to ask Eric in future episodes or email us, any of those things, and we'll definitely get yeah, to them. Yeah, keep your questions coming, guys. They're great. We yes. really appreciate them. We're going to do, uh, we answered some of them today. We did. We're going to answer did. some more of them coming up soon. Absolutely. Strength and positive thoughts. Guts and Glory is produced by Bang Albino, Inc., a full-service creative agency. 